You're listening to the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast, your source for all things sports nutrition. Thanks for joining us today for episode four, the lowdown on off-season nutrition. So in this episode, Bob and I discuss some of the terminology that's used between off-season, transition season, out-season, and give you some thinking points and considerations from the nutritional angle of how to navigate this season and get yourself ready for the next season ahead of training, competition, keeping in mind health all along the way. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode four of the Inside Sports Nutrition Podcast. My name is Dina Griffin, and I'm here with my co-host, Bob Sibahar. Hey, Bob. Good morning, Dina. How are you? Good morning. Doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. Really looking forward to uh, the holiday season and especially this episode and maybe clearing some confusion for some of our listeners. Yes, this discussion involves some exploration of what it means to be in the off season or transition season, or what is this time of the year where a lot of athletes maybe are taking a break from structured training, or they're just, you know, moving between the seasons. So we're going to discuss some of the terminology that's used uh, around this time of the year and pull in the nutrition elements things that athletes and active individuals can be thinking about when it comes to navigating this time of the year. So Bob, I wondered if you can uh, grab your, you know, your endurance coaching hat and put that on real quick. Absolutely. Wait a second. <laughs> okay. It's on. So yeah. Okay, good. Uh, can you walk us through, because there's so much confusion with the terms themselves. And even I get confused, like what season is this? When we think of base season, comp competition season, uh, build season, and then there's this off season, transition, out season. I've heard all these terms, but I wondered if you could explain from a coaching perspective some of the differences that we should know. Absolutely, it it, it is very confusing, and you know I've been you know I've been coaching athletes for 25 years now, and it, it's still confusing, right? Because I think a lot of new coaches come into the field and, and try to implement different principles. And it's not, I mean, it really is basic, but before I get into that, let me just throw out that this is really applicable for any type of athlete. So you don't necessarily have to be an endurance athlete. I think endurance athletes, that's where I think a lot of the confusion is, right? Because there's so many terms we throw out, but if you're, if you're a team sport athlete, you basically have three seasons. It's preseason, in-season and off-season, right? And, and yeah. you literally know that because it's very simple. That's how I grew up with my sports too. And it's like, there's no confusion. The confusion really is if you're going to start training, if you're a 5k or if you're an Ironman athlete or an ultra runner, whatever you are, gravel racer, that's where the confusion comes in because depending on your coach, if you have one or possibly the training plan you're following, or maybe a, a run group, biking group, whatever, tri group, maybe that they're following. There's just this different terminology. So let me kind of put this to, to rest. In, in this sense, there is a traditional off season. So off season means literally from a physical training standpoint, you are not doing anything with structure, right? If you want to move your body, you can move your body, but it's not following any structured training plan. You don't have any objectives, really any goals other than to just relax, have fun, recover. That's why it's great. 
you know, it's December, 2021. This is a great time for an off season for athletes because you just, you know, it's the holidays. You get to spend time with family. Maybe you get to try different things, right? Maybe you walk your dog more or whatever it is. So off season, off season is pretty standard. It's not doing a lot in terms of structured training. Transition season season is you is the term I prefer to use as a coach because you're literally transitioning from a competitive or your in season of of whatever sport you're doing, and you're just transitioning to the base season, which is also preseason. Right? Transition to me from a from an endurance standpoint is much more. I don't really like to use this word healthy, but it's a little more healthy because you still have goals of helping your body's structural integrity, I call it. So this, the transition season in terms of athletics is really used to improve your, your maybe your gait, maybe your biomechanics, maybe a little bit of strength here and there, but there's a lot of prehab. So if you think of myofascial release, a lot, just even massage, like kind of getting your body back in check again. So while there are no, there's no structured training in transition season, there are still goals that you have on kind of rebuilding your body. So that could be foam rolling a few times a week. That could be doing yoga just for fun. Not, nothing really structured, but it's just taking some different yoga classes, maybe Pilates classes, just trying to really work on the structure of your muscles, of your tendons, of your ligaments, flexibility. So transition is a lot more healthy, if you will, from a endurance or from a coaching standpoint, because you're still working on improving your body, right? And at the same time, you still get a rest break. Like you're not doing a, st a structured training plan per se, right? Okay. So that those are the main differences between off season and transition season. Now, the one that's popped up, this isn't, this isn't too in the, in the uh, past future or past but probably in the last, I'd say 10 to 12 years, specific for endurance athletes, that's where it's creeped in. There's a season that's called the out season. So out season basically means what it says, right? You are out of season, but here's the confusing part. This is the most confusing because what season are you actually out of? We don't know, right? Is it out of base, like preseason? Is it out of competition season? So the out season usually does not involve a lot of recovery at all. There's not a lot of structural integrity exercises. Like I mentioned, the myofascial release, foam rolling, all that stuff. What there is, is basically you're still following a very structured training plan that doesn't usually have a lot to do with aerobic energy systems, but it could be a lot more strength induced, a lot more anaerobic. So kind of thrown in a reverse periodization model for some athletes. I usually don't prescribe to that out season as a coach because it doesn't allow the body both physically and mentally to, to grab a break. Right. And, and, and again, athletes, I don't like athletes to go 12 months throughout the year without a structured physical and mental break. Okay. Yeah. It seems like there are a number of athletes who don't have coaches. They don't know the appreciation or what we can gain uh, benefit wise from taking that structured break. Um, plus also, I was just curious your take on, duration of transition season. Is there a recommendation, even though this may not seem nutrition related, it will tie in, but for those who don't have a coach, uh, any thoughts there on like, how long should the season transition or does right. that just depend on what the calendar, you know, and the race goals and, and all of those events are on the calendar? Yeah. There's a little bit of, it depends there. One, the, the biggest, it depends on is how long the athlete's season was. 
So if they really had, if they had like a nine or 10 month season, which, which some athletes actually do, especially depending on the geographic location where you live. And I, you know, I've worked with athletes, you know, in the Southeast, like we're talking Florida or Arizona or California, where it's really nice year round for training that gets a little tricky because they can race year round too and compete year round. And that, that's a little, that's a little tricky for athletes to navigate, but normally what is, what is, I guess, prescribed in the coaching world is taking a minimum of four weeks as a transition phase from your highly competitive season until you're actually going to start following a very structured training plan again. So I see most athletes having between a four to eight week transition season. And I think it allows, I mean, I think that is super beneficial again, most from the physical and the psychological standpoint and from the nutritional standpoint, which we'll get into in a second, I'm sure, because there, you know, as we know, nutrition is all about behavior change. It's very difficult to flip that light switch. Like if you, if your last race is, was yesterday today, you could say, okay, I'm on a break. I am not physically training, but you know, nutrition doesn't really work that way because now we're battling the mind and the mind takes a little bit longer to, to coerce into making change. For sure. I feel like the psychology part of this is not appreciated very well. uh, And how that ties, right. Especially for some of the more type A athletes, right? Like the, the break may seem scary Absolutely. <laughs> or, or on the flip side, maybe it goes to some extreme. Uh, it's so individual. Yeah. But well, new- let me, let me say real quick, Dina, for, yeah. for the athletes that are listening, you have to lose fitness to gain fitness, mm. right? And not in the middle of your year, right? In competition season, obviously, but just remember, like you have to let the body kind of relax, if you will, and recover in order to gain more fitness. So again, to your scary point, right? It is, it's, and I do the same thing right now too. I'm, I'm kind of in a, a transition phase and it, it, it's not fun at first because once you start transitioning and reducing your volume and intensity, even if you just do some fun runs or bikes, your body doesn't feel fit, right? And, and you may feel like, oh my gosh, why do I, why do my legs feel so heavy? Why do I feel so slow? that's actually a good thing, right? Psychologically, because your body needs that planned rest so you can get better for the next season. Does that tie to, Bob, just the, uh, like we need to restore, recover, rest in order to build again and get better as an athlete. But I feel like even the prehab stuff you were talking about, so many athletes, especially those that don't have coaches, that work is not done. Oh, and so I'm it's wondering- the most overlooked. Yeah. So that even though we want to transition here in a second to nutrition, I just wanted to say that out loud. Uh, (laughs) It is something that all of us need to give attention to, especially this time where we may be in a transition phase. Uh, And that ties to your comment about wanting to be a better athlete this next go around. Right. Well, and if you think about the transition phase where, you know, you don't have a lot of structured training, you should be focusing more on prehab and rehab and all this great stuff. You know, we know that traditionally strength training for athletes is pretty low on the totem pole for, for most athletes, not, not all, right? Um, second to that or lower than that is definitely any prehab exercises because a lot of athletes don't feel like they're accomplishing anything. Like if you can't see it on your watch or your power meter or distance or whatever, like you can't validate it, right? And that's, I think, the athlete's mentality. So that's the most difficult part, I think, of this season, this transition season is 
feeling like you're actually doing something and accomplishing something. Now, mm. I also sub subscribe to this and I tell all the athletes I work with from a coaching perspective is prehab exercises, even if it's just as simple as foam rolling, that should be done before and after every single training session. And in fact, with the athletes I coach, I build that into their training session. So if they if they have an hour run, if they say, I have an hour, if Dina said, Bob, I have an hour to run, what should I do in that hour? Well, five minutes is built in before for prehab. Five minutes is built in afterwards. So now your run becomes 50 minutes, right? Yeah. So, so that should be built in. So it's part of training, not an adjunct piece of the puzzle, but it's already part of, of the puzzle. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk some nutrition pieces. So yeah. if we were talking about off season, right, yeah. where uh, you were explaining what that is for us. Thank you. Uh, can you talk a bit about how the nutrition piece should shift from maybe that competition phase or cycle of the year to this off season? And then we can talk about the transition and some nuances, or yeah. is there a difference in your mind? Yeah, there, there is a slight difference and it. A lot of it is psychological based. So with the off season, and, and here's the thing I alluded to earlier, if once you, when you're in competition season or in season and you have your last competition, it is very easy to take a physical break, right? It's very difficult to change your nutrition because you've spent months and months and months engaging in certain nutrition behaviors. So nutrient timing, daily nutrition, what, when you eat what and what you eat and how you eat and all this great stuff, it's hard to make that switch, right? We can't, our brain isn't just like a light switch where we can flip it on and off like that. So this is the off season is where almost all of the nutrition mistakes are made because again, an athlete just says, whew, I am done with training for a while. I'm going to do whatever. And I, maybe I don't even want to do anything, which is fine. This is usually where the, the feelings of, of not being in control with their nutrition, maybe they're seeing some body changes even during four weeks, right? Which is a very short amount of time to see body changes, but it's still possible. This is where I think nutrition gets lost. And I, I think a lot of athletes just let things go a little bit and not to say you need structure with your nutrition during off season, but you need to realize that is it is eating for a different season or a different training cycle. So that notion of being flexible this time in the season that we're talking about, I feel like there's, there's a lot of uh, curiosity. What, what does that really mean to be flexible and so that we're still paying attention to nutrition instead of letting everything go. We, we right. have it on the radar, yet the goals are different, right? So obviously, uh, but this right. notion of flexible eating or looking at intuitive eating. Yes. I wonder if you want to share a couple of your insights there and what you see can help still provide a little bit of that nutrition structures so that we feel like we're still doing something, but yet we're abiding or honoring the transition or off season. Right. If that makes exactly. sense. 
Yeah, I think my my number one goal is just to try to get uh, rid of all the sport nutrition products. So if an athlete was using those, the off season is not the time to use those anymore. Uh, and these are the, I'm talking about, you know, bars and gels and drinks and gummies, those kind of things, electrolytes, not, not multivitamins and stuff, those, those type of supplements, which we, you know, we'll cover in a future podcast here, but the biggest thing is get rid of those and start implementing more of the whole food options, right? And the main focus here is to shift your attention back to how do I optimize blood sugar by eating food sources of carbohydrate, of protein and fat? Like what ratios do I need? Is, is maybe a, a one-to-one carbohydrate to protein ratio better for me now, maybe a two-to-one, you know, let's, let's look at what the body needs, you know, and, you know, during, during this training cycle there, I, I don't usually promote a lot of body composition changes, body weight changes, I'm trying to focus more on food and blood sugar control and allowing them to introduce maybe even different foods, different cooking methods. Maybe I'm a big, big proponent of or increasing more plant-based meals and snacks, just to, like you were saying, more flexible options, but let's bring some stuff in the nutrition, the daily nutrition plan that they haven't been during competition season. So, yeah, one thing I think just thinking of the overall physical stress on the body being different or that that load of training being so much different is then aligning then the nutrition, uh, which goes along with periodization and things that we talk about and will talk about often. So just thinking, okay, we're, we don't need to eat the same way we were. What does that mean? And so I totally agree with looking at uh, you know, a lot of those products and engineered foods that we may have been used to. And some of that have had been a habit for several months, perhaps we didn't even think about it. And so now it's backing off of that and looking at what we can do. Maybe that focus then, like you're saying, solely on the daily nutrition and opportunities to make some, some changes or explore a bit, right? Like you're saying with the plant-based meals. Yeah. And and let's keep this in mind. Like when you say that, Dina, a lot of the, our listeners are going to say, oh my gosh, that's yes, that's, I need to do that, but I don't have time. Well, let me just package this differently. Depending on the type of athlete, they're usually going to train during competition season, anywhere between about eight hours a week, all the way up to 30, 35 hours a week, depends on the level of athlete they are, right? If you're in an off season where you don't have structured training anymore, you just gave yourself eight to 35 hours a week. So this is also another time that I'm trying to encourage more meal prep. Like let's actually prepare to look at the foods you're making or the meals you're making and the snacks you're making. Let's get some recipe books. Like you don't have to become a chef. You don't have to go to culinary school, right? But let's utilize the time that you just gain from not training into actually experimenting a little bit more with your daily nutrition, which why do we do that, Dean? I mean, it's really to set you up well enough for the following year, because maybe you find some new strategies, some new ways. Maybe you find some some foods that help your gut more, help the microbiome or help your immune system. I mean, that's that's kind of the goal of off season is to start, you know, kind of putting on your, your, your dietary experiment hat a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally agree. And I wanted to share uh, one of my goals too, for not me personally, but I think for athletes I work with is also looking at this time of the year, just like now, okay, yes, we have a little bit more time. What are we doing with that time? Let's put some emphasis on the meal prep, but also reflecting a bit on this past year that we've been in 
uh, each of us as individuals and really trying to explore that, assess where we may have had some challenges with uh, meal prep because the year is going to come back around, right? And we're going to be having those hours put back on the schedule at some point. So reflecting a bit on what our routines were, how that worked or didn't work for us, and then making some some efforts there. It doesn't have to be extreme hard work, but I think it's an opportunity in this time where we have the time to really look like in that nitty gritty level to see, uh, again, trying to help us in this future year with transforming or refining some of our routine, some of our habits. Absolutely. Well, and I think we all, as athletes, we all know, Ooh, if I eat, you know, this before that type of training session, that's not the best thing. And that's kind of what you're talking about. Like, let's reflect and see what worked. And that's why I'm a huge fan of athletes keeping some type of training log uh, along with a nutrition, like I call it a nutrition feeling log, right? So if I went out for my hour run and I had some GI distress, like what was going on? Did I have you know, whatever beforehand and, and, or did I not have whatever beforehand? Like those are the, the things you can start either adding to your list for, you know, 2022, the next year, or maybe taking off your list and saying, God, that just didn't work. You know, I need to get rid of that, even though the body may be calling for it. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing to want something. It's another to want it and actually for it to work in the body before or after a training session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The training yeah. log nutrition log that you're referring mm-hmm. to invaluable. Yeah. If absolutely. we actually use the, use it. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's a good point. A lot of athletes use it, but they never look back at it. Yeah. Right? So here's, here's a like take home message, golden nugget athletes use your training and nutrition log, like look back at it and, and do those reflections like Dean is saying, because that is a wealth of information that you've got for the past, whatever, you know, 11 months of, of this year to look back on and, and, and see what did work a little better and maybe what you should delete from your daily nutrition plan. This is a silly analogy, Bob, but I'm just thinking yeah. of when I do my taxes every year yeah. and then I'm like, oh, wow, the expenses for that cat, I didn't realize, but if I had been looking in the moment yes. or doing more periodic checks, uh, I know it's a silly analogy, but yeah. that can change my behavior for the better for this next right. year. And then it just builds. And, exactly. and so, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, really quick, what's you just hit something that I think would be really crucial to share with our listeners because of everything that's been going on, obviously with the pandemic, I've noticed, you know, I do, I do, you know, 99% of the grocery shopping and and cooking for, for my household. Right. And, And I'm sure you're the same way. I've noticed a lot of changes in the grocery store, not from the supply chain issue, but more from the cost standpoint. And what it's done for me, like I just I literally, I went into the store two days ago and I was, you know, I was making my rounds and I got to the, the meat aisle. Right. And I'm looking at, cause I always look at things. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. And, you know, as a dietitian, you're like, you're, you're taking mental notes. And I saw the, a lot of the prices for meat products are skyrocketing right now. And I've read about it and everything, but I didn't see that until it actually hit home at my local grocery store. What that's, what's important about that is it's actually changed my behavior in what I am purchasing and thus what I am making at home. So, so now I'm getting a little bit more because of this, and I'm not saying you have to do this, but I'm saying because of this, this has changed my behavior. So I'm including more plant-based meals and finding more creative ways to get plant-based proteins because right now the cost of those are far less expensive 
than our animal proteins. And it's not to say not to have one or the other, but it's to say kind of coming back full circle, maybe we should start experimenting with some more plant-based options, plant-based proteins in, in, I mean, for the, for not only the only reason of, of just improving, you know, nutrient density and, and just this, but looking at the cost of foods these days. Yeah, Bob, what are we doing with our time, right? I think this is, there's so many opportunities if we see that in a positive light. So this perfect yeah. example, adding to the list, I wondered real quick if we could also talk about, you know, you hinted at it earlier, the elephant in the room. Um, yeah. What happens if I gain weight during this time? Or am I supposed to be working on my body composition because yes. my training isn't as, you know, prevalent yep. right now. It's, Ooh, I know it can be a whole other topic and podcast yeah. episode, but, um, do you want to share any, any nuggets there? Just things to be thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think the mindful eating is very, very important. So be mindful that if you are following a true off season where you're literally not following any structure for training or exercise, you're just doing whatever, whenever, if you want to just be mindful that the main focus nutritionally is blood sugar control, right? If you can have that as a goal, your body metrics will pretty much fall in place. Now, there are a few exceptions to that. Uh, fall in place, meaning things aren't going to change that much, right? There are a few exceptions. I have seen a lot of athletes who will compete under their normal uh, competition or their normal walking weight, their normal weight, body weight. Um, that's one exception where we actually want to get those individuals back up to their normal weight, because just from a health perspective, right? So that could be a goal. If, if, you know, if one of our listeners is like, oh yeah, that's me. I need to get back up to normal weight. That that's, that's obviously outside the bell-shaped curve. I like to really kind of put the stoppage on, on gaining too much weight or body fat now, but here's the thing. Let's put this in perspective. If you're taking a four week off season, it's going to be extremely difficult if you are trying to control blood sugar to actually gain weight that is it's significant uh, in terms of 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 uh, not improving your health markers or kind of putting you you two steps behind the whole the whole game, right? Mm -hmm. So four weeks is very very short. It's it's not until I see athletes getting more into that eight or twelve week off season. I believe longer than eight, you can start getting in trouble, right? Um, but that said, I, I do believe in just that mindful eating and again, trying new foods, but really focusing on blood sugar control to try to slow any body weight gain or body fat gain. But again, four weeks, not much is going to happen unless you go off the bender. Right. Yeah. Uh, one other thing in this time, uh, well, Bob, was there anything else in terms of off season versus transition season with those two differences nutritionally that you wanted to to say yeah, about that? They're, they're very similar. I will say this because transition season will have a little more structure. It's not necessarily aerobic anaerobic training structure. It's more that structural integrity. So it could be a little bit more strength and conditioning. Uh, let me just say strength, not really conditioning. So more strength work, more prehab, more, like I said, myofascial release. There is a time and a place where we want to actually in the transition season to think about nutrient timing. If an athlete is going to inc increase their strength training uh, uh, times per week and frequency, right? So mm -hmm. that's the only 
major change for nutrition is if you are moving heavy things, lifting weights, doing whatever that is obviously more than your body weight, we should probably look at the timing of protein and carbohydrate in that pre and post window just to maximize muscle protein synthesis. But it, it doesn't have to be a major goal because a lot of athletes will only do that two or three times a week. So again, more most of the focus is on that mindful eating, intuitive eating, blood sugar control. But if you are, if the athlete is doing any type of lifting of heavy, you know, anything, rocks, weights, whatever it is, they should be a little bit more mindful of putting protein and carbs before and after that. And usually within the, in the 15 minutes before and immediately after. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I think another good consideration, and this ties to nutrition patterns or even supplementation uh, dietary wise is checking in on the body, as you refer to often like popping the hood or looking inside. And so I think figuring out the appropriate time to maybe look at blood work and, and schedule that before the, the new season uh, ramps up again, uh, or doing some other diagnostic testing. Uh, I don't know if you have a certain protocol, but I, it's usually on my radar sometime, you know, either early start of the base season or yeah. depending again on what the athlete's been through. Um, but just looking at some other diagnostics, again, just thinking of trying to improve or uh, maybe remedy some things that had occurred in the past year. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I think, you know, December is a tricky month, as we know, nutritionally and, and just from a behavior standpoint. So I do, I try to plant that seed with athletes all the time is like, thinking about it now, plan it, right? Um, you're not going to do anything with it right now, but come January, maybe, and again, it kind of depends when they start training again with their base or their, their preseason. But usually I look at like a, like a mid to late January to start having those biomarker tests. Yep. Good. Uh, yeah. Gosh, what else did we did we want to add here to our conversation? Well, if we want to, let me touch on out season really quick, yep. because while it's not as popular, like I mentioned earlier, off season and transition season are by far 95% of the, the athletes will be following those, those seasons and use that terminology. Out season nutrition is very tricky because you're, you're still training with purpose. You still have goals. You still have objectives. You, have, you still have a very structured training program. So out season training, where literally you are just out of competition season training, uh, it, it can look somewhat like a transition season, but with more structure and more frequency, the nutrition goals for out season are very, very similar to preseason or base training nutrition goals. Because again, those athletes are still in an active training season. So I just wanted to make that, that apparent. So it's, it, they're not exact nutrition goals of base season, but they're very, very similar, probably 90 to 95% of the, the same goals that we have for preseason or base training follow in the out season also. Now that said, like I said earlier, so few athletes will follow an out season, much more will follow the off or the transition season. Mm -hmm. But important yeah. point for those for those of you who are still, or, you know, didn't really take some time off, you kind of just moved to this out season that uh, looking at nutrition around training still plays a role in, in learning periodization. If you aren't familiar with this concept or haven't really paid attention, I like to say we're not robots, right? We don't live like robots. So, so learning how to shift our nutrition, that's uh, an ongoing effort, but we can master it. 
uh, and then just fine tune as we go along. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, I would, I would leave with maybe a, just a, not a quote necessarily, but um, I'll just leave it this with, with athletes, give me a break, <laughs> not me. That's what your body is actually asking you, right? So yeah. your body is actually saying, give me a break. I need a break. So listen to it, take it, enjoy this time, right? You, I mean, for this is the, the end of a year, like the, the new year is going to start soon and you're going to start fresh. Like just give yourself a little break and be okay with that. Honor the break. Honor the break. All right. Let's all listen. Let's listen to that and <laughs> uh, have some downtime or a little bit different, different off time and enjoy. Well, good, Bob. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. This has been a great chat. Yes. Okay. Well, we will wrap up for today and see you all on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed episode number four. Thanks for tuning in. Did you freak out when you heard Bob say, give me a break? I know I almost did. But uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. We're going to do a top 10 countdown to round out 2021 and welcome the new year ahead. So tune in for that. And if you've got a sports nutrition question you'd like for us to address on a future Q&A episode, then send an email over to hello at insidesportsnutrition.com and be sure to include your full name and your question. We'd also love your support in promoting this podcast. So if you find the information beneficial and the strategies useful to you in your quest for improving health and performance, please visit your podcast platform and be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, a review, and then share with your friends. It'll help us grow and share our content with other listeners. And if you'd like more information about our testing services or the nutrition coaching that we each provide, you can reach out to me, Dina, at nutritionmechanic.com or Bob at energyperformance.com. That's E-N-R-G performance.com. And we'd love to hear from you and help you out. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.